Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Premium Learning Channel. In this video, we'll look at how edge gradients affect the closed spline of a 3D shape. This will create different results from what you have seen when using edge gradients and open spline shapes. So in this action, I have already created a rectangular 3D shape. The most obvious observation is that this closed 3D shape has sharp corners. So if you wanted to have rounded edges as opposed to sharp corners, you would use edge gradients. Switch to add mode using the tools pull down menu or press the A hotkey. Holding shift and click and drag from the spline outwards to create the edge gradient. As a reminder, if you wanted to delete an edge gradient, you must be in delete mode and use shift click on the edge gradient point. Now switch back to select mode by pressing M. When the edge gradient is on the outside of the closed shape, it will result in an expanded shape with round edges. If you drag the edge gradient within the closed shape, it will not reduce the size of the original 3D shape. However, the splines will twist, causing edge gradient corners to look in on themselves. This could happen if you are using a GMOSC spline with edge gradients and you added it to a 3D shape node. Double click on the 3D shape node for its controls. So in almost all cases, you want to preserve the outer edge gradients but hide the inner edge gradients. Under the shape boundary header, you can disable the inner gradients for the 3D shape. Please note that the inner edge gradients button will only be enabled when it detects inner edge gradients. If I move the edge gradient to the outside of the 3D shape, the inner edge gradient button will be greyed out. I'll enable media projection to make this a little bit more interesting. So what if you wanted to cut a hole in the middle of the 3D shape? The inner edge gradients won't exactly do the job. However, you have the shape boundary options that could be one option. The current shape boundary is set to spline and gradient. This means that the combination of the GMOSC spline and its edge gradient form the 3D shape. Click the pull down menu and choose only spline. This means that the edge gradients are ignored and the 3D shape is only generated from the original GMOSC spline. The other option in the pull down menu is only gradient. This setting performs the inverse of only spline. So the width of the edge gradient forms the basis of the 3D shape. The GMOSC spline acts as an intersection that cuts a hole in the 3D shape. So by increasing the extrusion, you can clearly see how the cutout is being applied. But what if you are asked to create a cutout with rounded edges on the inside of the 3D shape? This should not be a problem as you can fall back on the basics of how splines intersect. For example, switch the shape boundary back to spline and gradient. Now hold CTRL and drag a box selection around the GMOSC and its axis node. Press CTRL D to duplicate the selection of nodes. At first, the GMOSC acts as a normal mask because it's not connected to the 3D shape. I'll drag a connection from the 3D shape node to the axis node. This makes it part of the 3D shape. Double click on the axis for its controls. Scale the spline down in the 3D shape. 
With the default combination set to intersection, one spline intersects the other. And with the edge gradient on each spline, this causes the inside of the 3D shape to have rounded edges. So you have a lot of options available when it comes to combining the different spline shapes. Now just for a bit of fun, let's throw in a couple replicas and animate things. Go to the Action node bin. Drag out a replica node into the Action schematic. Drop it above the axis of the second GMOSK spline. In the Replica controls, set the number to 5. Next, scale the replica splines to create multiple intersections. Enable Auto Key. On the first frame, control click on the X rotation to set a zero value keyframe. Go to the last frame and set a value of 360 degrees. Scrubbing the time bar, you can see how the splines intersect during the animation. Now select the top axis node and scale it to 40%. Position the 3D shape to the left with an X position of minus 500. Now on frame 1, set a zero value keyframe in the Y rotation. Go to the last frame and animate this to 360. Go back to the action node bin and drag out another replica node. Connect the replica to the top axis node. In the replica controls, set the number to 20. Set the Y position to minus 185. And set the Y rotation to 40 degrees. And for one more level of animation, go back to the action node bin. Drag out a new axis node and connect it to the top replica node in the branch. Go to frame 1. In the axis controls, add a zero-value keyframe to the Y rotation. Next, move the 3D shape down so that it is out of frame. Finally, go to the last frame in the composite. Set the Y rotation to 360 degrees. And move the 3D shape all the way up the screen until it is completely out of frame. Now scrub the time bar to look at the final result. So here we have multiple splines with edge gradients intersecting each other. These are then further multiplied by replica nodes and animated with a variety of axis nodes. Coming soon, we start looking at a few user scenarios where the 3D shape is used as a compositing tool. The best way to think about this is that you're using 3D technology to take on a series of 2D compositing challenges. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Premium Learning Channel for future videos.